1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Hello, good evening and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Live podcast. With us this week, we have got Finn. Hello. And for the first time in a while, glad to have you back, we've got Sam. Hello, glad to be back. Picked a good one to come back for. Um, yes, I think indeed. there's only one word for it, really, and that word is relief. Um, it's a win against MK Doms that ends a sixth uh, match losing streak in the league. It's the first clean sheet since in the league since um, Burton and only the third in the legal season. It's Hardy's first goal at home since last season. Would that have been Grimsby? I think that was Grimsby on Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um if not it's Michael Fields, Cameron, which way round those two were. Um and a fantastic finish it was. And just it's it's relief. Um Sam, what, what were you feeling on, on the weekend?
3: Um I was feeling very worried because I, last time I was on the podcast, I said we had a chance of getting 15 out of 15 points. And if we'd lost, we would have been <laughs> up to zero out of 15. So uh, I was very worried that we were going to get zero out of 15. But thankfully, we won and got three out of 15, which is still not very good. It's certainly better. Um, but yeah, I, I, as you say, relief is absolutely the word. of a lot of tension building up, a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic buttons, you know, on the verge of being pressed, if not indeed being pressed. And uh, to get that win, and and I think a pretty good performance as well. Not an all-time vintage, but certainly a pretty good performance and a win was a welcome relief. Yeah,
2: Yeah, um, because it it should be recognised that even if we'd drawn this, that would have been eight games without a win in the league. Yeah,
3: we hadn't won in the league since the Swindon 4-2 game, had we, before that? Um,
2: Yeah, um, of course, uh, Hardy becomes the first non-Jeffcott player to score since um, Portsmouth. And of course, the you reason know, Jeff got them playing that game was because was on international duty. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Finn, what are you yeah. thinking? Yeah, um, like you said, I mean,
4: relief is the word, isn't it? Um, I mean, it was just a horrible run, and we all wanted to get out of it as soon as possible. And um, it wasn't like a vintage performance, but I think pretty much everyone played a seven out of ten, with a few exceptions of actually maybe being better. Um. And it was nice to see Hardy get off the mark. Well, I know he's already got off the mark this season, but, you know, he's gone on another drought. And if I remember correctly, probably the first one he scored um, from with the starting position of the ball being in the box.
2: Um, the first, first touch in the box. Yeah, so... I, I think that's, Yeah, the first goal he scored for Agua's first touch was inside and outside the box.
4: So, and in terms of that, in terms of, um, having another striker that scores, because, uh, actually, Jeff Cotts missed a few chances, um, recently, actually, as well, but he was scoring at a ridiculous rate, so we can, um, you know, ca- come with a bit of slack there, but, um, in terms of the actual result and the timing of it, I mean, it was, it was, it was so needed, and, um, yeah, just nice to get off the board again, and, um, ahead of, um, some games coming in quick succession, and hopefully the team and, you know Hardy, and that can now build on it, and we can see them um, f-
2: hopefully get firing again. Uh, do you think Sam that Lowe's job would have been untenable had it been a loss against MK Dons?
3: Uh, no, I don't, because I, I think Simon Haller is somebody who very much likes to stick with the manager. I, when Derek Adams, um, hello Simon, if you're listening, but I know you like the site. <laughs> when Derek <laughs> Adams, when when oh. when, De- when Derek Adams was, was replaced, it was. I think it's probably fair to say more to do with off-pitch sort of toxicity than it was to do with results. And um, now with, with Ryan Lowe, whilst the results have been bad and some performances have been bad, there's no suggestion really of off-pitch toxicity in anything like the same way. So, no, I don't. I know that um, Mr Hallett did indeed like a tweet um, not long after the, the crew game or the Rovers game, one of the two, asking the fans to stick behind Ryan Lowe. So, no, I think we would have, ha- we would have had to have... Um, lost quite a few more than the consider. I think we would have to be looking like being sort of marooned at the bottom of the table before he would have considered it. So no, given that we weren't even in the bottom four, never mind not marooned, I don't think he would have lost his job if, if we if we'd have lost that game now. Yeah, there's a point or, I was
2: trying to make. I was gonna say it's a point that I was trying to make in an Claro before the game, which was that for as dire as it feels, and I, you know, and some people talk about relegation battle, if you go back to where we were um, in the 2018 19, or was it 17 18? I can't remember which season I picked. We were not in the relegation zone, five points better off. Um, and with, you know, we, we were trending towards the relegation battle, but knowing that a win would, you know, turn around and lift us, what, three, four places back up the table. Yeah. That's not to say that we're going to lose four in a row now. Yeah. Obviously, we're back into talking about are we in a relegation battle, but it was, you know, where we were starting versus uh, now versus uh, previous relegation campaign. Um, and you know, there's a clear difference in that we were more point, we we're better off in terms of points and position.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it, it seems to be a more tight league one this season than it was that season. It's not such a big gap between the top and the bottom uh, this season, rather I think that season. You know, we were on a, we were on a lower points of the game, and we, and we were a little bit more in danger of getting cut adrift. Whereas this season, it seems to be quite a bit more tight. So yes, if we lose four in a row, then there's every chance you know we'll we'll be back. At, well, we're not back in the bottom four. We never have been in the bottom four, but. If we lose four in a row, there's every chance we will be in the bottom four. But on the other hand, if we even win, not even four in a row, even win two or three in a row, which is not totally unreasonable. I know Charlton's an away game, but heck, we've got to win away eventually. And then Oxford home is a very winnable game on paper. So if we did get six points out of that, which is not, you know, far from impossible, we'd be looking back up towards thinking, right, are we going to have a playoff race again? So it is a very tight league for sure. And and it's worth considering that, that, you know, we we are only sort of, Three losses either way from from being either in ecstasy or or in total misery, and I think that's probably going to be the case for another month or so yet of the season.
2: I think I should add that that's that's actually not entirely true. I'd say because if you look at the points table, if so were to pick up um, six points out of the next, you know, six out of nine or nine out of nine, would still be at least five points off. I would say uh, the promotion places and um, having so played top six though. Sorry, top six. Um, so so we're currently on 22, we're 10 points behind Ipswich. However, if Charlton win their game in hand over us, then we would be um 14 places behind them in the playoffs. Uh, Accrington's Stanley have two games in hand if they win both their games, and so we, you see that the, the math changes as you as you go on. So, yeah, uh, they surely our we, games are games before
3: those games in hand are going to be played, though, is what I'm saying.
2: So, if you you're know, know, but, yeah. But at the same time, we still wouldn't have closed the gap much. What I'm saying is we would need three, four games before I imagine people started looking at playoffs again. We, we'd be in the top half spot, needing to close the gap a bit before we could start talking about a playoff race. It's not to say we wouldn't be in one, I'm just saying that like... People would be we talking open, about it though, I'd say. Uh, I'm, There'd I'm still be quite a big gap. But anyhow, that's, you know, that's not the number one thing. I'm just saying if, if we win the next two games... I don't think we'll be sat here talking about a playoff chase. I think we'll be sat here saying we're in a very weird mid-tail position where there's one of few clubs where there's a gap between us and the playoffs and us and the relegation places with nothing much to go for until we've seen more results. But what I was going to say is, now gloating is an ugly word, but I did notice that was a back three of Ames and Canavan Watts with Lewis McLeod in front and delivered a clean sheet, which might have been what we've been calling for for a while. Uh, yeah, funny. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but I mean like I say I, I, I really like Ames and I really like Canaver and I thought I it was important that McLeod came back in I thought McLeod did a good job he he didn't try to do too much as well he was quite content to mark space trust teammates to do their defensive job and get in and steal the ball you know when relevant yeah. he, he marked his space well it's worth saying that Danny Mayer often puts in a decent defensive shift himself as well like as well as going forward yeah, he did but if yeah. we're going to
4: single out one person for defensive effort, I think we all know who it's going to be. Yep. Uh, Peniche Kamara. Um, nine tackles on Saturday. Just absolutely insane. You know, he's quite great. It's like, honestly, unlike many people I've seen play for our goal. Genuinely. Obviously there's, there's, there's plenty of errors that you can improve in terms of end product, but as a useful tool in our team at the moment, yeah, you can't ask for more. He's just, you know, really good. And, you know, he, I love his passion. And, um, his enthusiasm, and he's quickly becoming one of my favourite players, and I'm sure one of um, the fans' favourite players as well.
3: Yeah, he, I think, I think, I think, he, I think he's really good. I think he's, um, he, he's got all the stuff that Stastavich had. But I think maybe a bit more product in terms of passing and crossing than Stastavich did, um, and maybe slightly less goals. I know that Stastavich what was was very much a a penalty merchant to some extent, but he, he, got like, he normally got kind of four or five a season, didn't he, from open play, which yet yeah, has only got one in the cup. So I think he's pretty, a very similar player to Sarsovic, but maybe slightly better in, in some areas and slightly worse in other areas, but very similar type of player, very similar rapport with the Green Army, all, you know, very passionate, as Finn said, lots of endeavour, covers more ground than probably anyone else on the pitch, give or take. And, and, and yeah, just, uh, yeah, and, and, and not only, that do we have a lot of effort a lot of energy, but a lot of actual product from it as well. I think he just needs to decision-making a bit better in the final third at times. Maybe he needs to pass rather than shoot a bit. I think sometimes he sort of sees his name and lights and goes for the shot when a pass might be a better option. But uh, that, yeah, you know, little areas to improve. But by and large, yeah, I'm very pleased with
2: him. I mean, I, I disagree with that pass shoot. But I don't know. He's, he's not even shooting too much. His shots per game, he's like one or two shots per game, I think at most. Um, I was I was going to say, Sargsovich definitely has the edge of him in terms of attacking output. Definitely in terms of crossing as well. Sargsovich had good crossing. Um, I mean, think back to uh Salford away, Byron Moore goal, classic example of a really good Sargsovich cross. Sargsovich had crossing in the bag. That's as part of the reason why I was all for giving him a go at wing back. Sargsovich is you know, can... sorry, Sargsovich, right? Yeah, so oh yeah, Sargsovich,
4: right? Sarkovic is um.
2: That's not uh, really the pronunciation, is it, or is it really? Yeah, he combined confirmed it. Sarkovic, right. just bad
4: habits going Really, so. I, I pronounced it Sarkovic all along, but Sarkovic, basically, um, yeah, I mean, his third man running was was the yeah. biggest tool in his game, and and and, and genuinely, yeah. and genuinely created, um, you know, our goal, many many goals at times, even if he didn't receive a ball. However, um, you know, I, I think I, I I made a comment the other day actually that Panichi Camaro is as good as uh, uh, like better than Sarsic in many areas, and um and he's twenty and he's like five years younger, um and you know I I just think that he's got so he's got like we talk about the word potential all the time, but he's got potential to be a very 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 good player.
3: Yeah, that as well. Could he three?
4: I keep forgetting he's twenty-three. Yeah, he's twenty-three.
3: He's got so much more time um, to work on the weaker areas. does didn't need a bit of
2: rounding yeah. off. But you're right, Finn. Because, like, like I say, Sarkovic didn't have um an amazing. You know, he wasn't like Danny Mayer where You could put him up against the and sort of make a gap or make an opening that would lead to a goal. But what he could do is, and I'm thinking specifically about Zach Roden's goal against um, Cheltenham last season, where it's his run off the ball. That leads to him squaring for a run and tapping. You know, without his without that dynamic movement, um, that third man run into the box. Don't think that's even technically a third man run, but you know, his movement of the ball into the yeah. box. You know, there is no goal there. So even though he, with the ball at his feet, wasn't necessarily as creative, his movement made space for others, and you know, sometimes was you know the, the precursor to a goal. So, it, so, so,
4: sorry, it's it's worth noting that Pelicic Kamara has all the athletic, athleticism to make those runs. So. Mm-hmm. If we can just get him into those... It's
2: understanding space, you know? Yeah. And reading what your teammates are doing.
4: But I feel like if there's anybody that can improve his attacking output, it's Ryan Lowe, because we've seen it with Jeff Cott,
2: you know. um, Even George Cooper, he's picked... George Cooper, yeah. 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 The way he played at the start versus how he plays now with Mayor. you can see definite signs of improvement. And camera's improved as well, because... You know, his passing and dribbling is a bit more suspect. He, you know, he's more like Star Switch at the start, whereby he needed open space ahead of him to go, whereas now, you know, he's I think he's more intelligent at spotting that space and spotting that pass and moving the ball. But but yeah, essentially, coming back around to what we're saying here is that Kamara, fantastic defensive performance, just, you know, we want him to add something in attack because I can't really think of the time he's come close to creating a goal. His only goal um, was the uh, tap-in against Leighton Orient with I think the keepers already on the floor. Um, so, you know, I want to see him add something in attack. But, I'm sure
3: he put, put know, in a very like, nice through ball for Jeffcott in the first half as we countered away, didn't he? On Saturday. I can't don't. remember if it really led to a chance, but I'm sure Jeffcott got in behind. It, it was down the Mayflower side. Kamara was down the Mayflower side, and he put a ball kind of going down the line, sort of going more central. As Jeffcott went in behind the defender. I think Jeffcott missed it. Yeah, but it was wide. It's, it's, it's not really come to anything.
2: No, it didn't go into a chance. I, I, yeah, either I'm misremembering this or... It wasn't even it, it. was it was reasonable build build up play. But it wasn't anything close to producing an assist. But 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 I mean I'd say his, Kamara's biggest impact was stealing the ball off the toes of um uh the MK Dons I can't remember his name um in the box because we, we all know this side has crumbled like a uh, house of cards when we conceded the first goal. And and once again this is an example of not conceding the first goal and holding our nerve. Yeah, I um, thought that. How different would this game have been had Kamara not still, you know, stolen that ball and uh, MK John's poke ahead and get the lead? I, uh, I thought that was excellent. I, I
4: you know, he, the most impressive thing he wasn't—he almost wasn't in the picture—and he just covered so much ground so quickly. I mean, he when he gets going and running at players, he, he is very like quick, you know, re- really quick. Um, and I don't think there's many um, defenders. That relish, you know, in a you know, in a one-on-one sort of chase with Pinuce kamara really. Yeah, not no, not at all. Um,
3: but yeah, and i just as well as Kamara, to move the move on a little bit. I think um real credit to Mare for especially in not so much his first half, I think was a bit hit and but second half of him, which was absolutely excellent. He covered so much ground as Kamara did. Um, and he, he laid on what would have been a, a should, you know, nine times out of 10, I think, and certainly seven or eight times out of 10. Jeff Cott absolutely buries that chance. He really should have scored and he fired it wide. But a great through ball by Mayer cut the defence yeah. open, right to defeat Jeff Cott for what should have
2: been an assist. Sadly, it wasn't. Uh, that should been an goal. And should have again. been the opening goal. And should have been the opening goal. Yeah, was I remember good. Josh saying that was the chance. It really had that feeling at the time because we hadn't really created, you know, too much. But, you know, we had, that was the best opening of all game. And it oh, really yeah. felt
3: like no, Yeah. Oh, it was the best chance of the game up to that point. Um, and, and probably even a better chance than the actual goal was, to be fair. It was the best yeah. chance of the game. Yeah, by, a, by 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 a mile. And um Jeff Cott, you'd absolutely bet your house in him to score that when he fired it wide. But going back to the the context of that, Danny Mayer, uh, after a quite a quite a shaky run of form with obviously the, quite the petulant sending off that he had. And a couple of bad performances, and the first half was a bit hit and miss. That second half, I don't know what they uh, what they put in his uh, in his soup at halftime. But he came out absolutely like a man possessed. He was in his half-soup. soup line well. Uh, what what do you have at halftime? I mean, orange in the halftime yeah. soup. <laughs> uh, orange um, soup. I
4: know, we, sure. I mean, I know um, we talk about
2: I that list of Sam Downisms. The time soup. Uh, the time soup. Yeah, <laughs> oranges. We we
4: talk about the. Um you know, talk about Kamara's passion and everything, but, like, if you look on the eye, there's a particular angle um, uh, when we score, and when Hardy scores, and you could just, well, everyone, but specifically Danny Mayer like, it's just, like, it looks like the man's just been, I don't know what's happened to him, but he's just so relieved, you know? um, It's almost like I, I mean, yeah, I just him and like, the whole team. You could see in the celebrations how much, and I mean, obviously it helps when the fans are there, but, but like everyone, was just, I don't know, it's just felt a weight off their shoulders, really.
3: Yeah, com- completely, absolutely, and it goes back to the, what we said at the start of this podcast, which is relief. It was pure relief. Um, everyone, everyone in the, in the stadium watching at home and the players probably all felt that relief, and um. Yeah, and obviously, and after that, to be fair to the defensive side of things, we, we saw out the game very, very well um, after that point. I don't think MK had a chance of real, real notes after that goal. I think that their best chance of the game was that one in the first half that Cooper made a, a very good reaction save to keep out. Certainly after going 1-0 down.
2: That's not to put Cooper down, that's more to you know, highlight yeah. that. Like if you watch the extended highlights you know the extended uh, highlights package it's mostly our goal there's not really much to to be fair though in like in the first 15-20
4: minutes we did look like we were just going to give away a goal again like we were making sloppy passes and like take like almost like nearly like Canavan was a bit relaxed on the ball and stuff you know
2: yeah he got robbed and I'll tell you what in particular bugged me was there was I think it was three times MK took a quick free kick and got the ball going again, and of course snapping. And I was just like I just want, for example, I've been picking up a poku for it, and they're all kind of answered the same. When there's when after the first time, but definitely after the second time, you make a mental note that they're taking quick free kicks. I and mean, they nearly put Cameron Jerome through at one point, if you remember, when Fraser got fouled yeah. about thirty yards out, puts it down, quick one two, and then he tries to play Jerome through, but Jerome's not quite paying attention. A sharper mind, and he's throwing, he scores, and, and I'm just, just standing on the ball. not yeah. screaming, yeah. Just put two feet in front of the ball so they can't take it. Yeah. Just Kick it away if you want. Just Don't let them take the quick free kick. In particular, I'm thinking of... um, uh, I remember Exeter in the playoff final, I think David Wheeler scored. All Blackpool had to do was stand over the free kick. If he doesn't take it, he doesn't score. Stop yeah. the quick free kick. Just, yeah. and, and then, I'm, like I say, and kind of in communicating it. And referees
3: never book players for it, even though they probably should by the letter of the law. Yeah. They, they never book players for it, did they? It, so, so the, there's no real disadvantage in doing it. You don't you know you, what you what you lose from gaining it, which is the very small chance of a yellow card, is less than what you gain from doing it, which is obviously preventing that quick free kick and preventing a goal. So, it's absolutely is it, 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 worth doing it uh, in in my eyes. But um, but yes, you know we, we have our little moans. Maybe the first fifteen weren't great, but much better back three today. Oh, I Think second half
2: is The first fifteen and second half.
3: Uh yeah sorry yeah yeah first yeah second half yeah Sorry, it's been too long since the game I'm getting the details muddled but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that aside and certainly after going one nil up we looked very very assured I don't think they had any chance of no after going one nil down did they really that maybe from the edge of the box that that was you know long range pot shot certainly nothing apart from that um so yeah they saw it out very well Ainsworth was good he had his kind of customary. Bandy, a nice moment that he seems to have one or two, two of in a game where he fell over. Yeah, he, he had twice. twice. Canavan, right. I think, was was probably the best of the back three. Very good. Right. His organisation and leadership shines through. And Watts had his best game in a while. Um, no mistakes, which he has been making a lot of mistakes lately, sadly. didn't make w- any it's, and good to
4: it's, the ball. it's worth saying that Ameson was the second, like... Second best tackler, if you like. No, I think Kamara made nine and Aimson made five, from what I saw. That's right, um, yeah, and then Hardy, yeah. Hardy, surprisingly, Hardy surprisingly made four. So that that just shows you the kind of team performance it was um, on Saturday, and, and exactly the performance we needed after such a bad run of results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going
0: to have Hardy
2: in a second, but like, you no, know, for me, Aimson had a terrific last sort of twenty thirty minutes. Um, particularly, there's a couple of times when they got in behind Edwards and in the box, and you know, while I was panicking. I, I was really feeling the stress because I was slightly concerned that, I mean, like a goal would lead to some kind of collapse. That at the very least, there'd be points dropped. So I was, I was feeling more stressed than normal because of the, the pressure of the situation. And then, like every time, Ameson seemed to deal with it so well. Even though you know you've got this player bearing down the box, and they've got three or four players in the box and players around the edge. Ameson had a really strong... I mean, he was good for most of the game, but he had a very strong last um, 15, 20 minutes, as I recall. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, it, you know, Watts having his best game is not too surprising because, I mean, I thought that he would you know, improve with better structure of players around him. Yeah. Um, Going on then to Hardy. I, yes. Hardy, yes.
3: Oh, go um, ahead, very good game. Very yeah, very very good game he had. Um, pressed very well. I think the the defenders for for Milton Keynes never got any time on the ball. He was always snapping at their feet, trying to get a foot in, trying to pressure them into a into a bit of a panic clearance. His distribution was was actually pretty good. He um he had I can't remember exactly many of them now, but uh, into what player? But I remember there being a few occasions where oh, that's a tidy pass. Where he kind of picked someone out in a in a bit of room. Work rate was very good. Uh, Tracked back when he had to, just a very good all round all round game for an up for kind of an all round centre forward, and he topped it off with a poacher's goal. Uh, like we said, like we alluded to earlier, it's not the type of goal he normally scores. Normally, he starts outside the box, you know, shoulder down, has a run on golden and, and fires, but not like that at all. He he, he um, lurked in the right area, picked up the cross, and and t- took a touch and fired it in, which was very much more of a Jeffcott type of goal, but it was scored by Hardy, and it topped off what was a good performance and. Blimey, me, I really hope that you know, inspired now uh, a confidence increase and he's going to start putting away some of these chats he's been missing. I am also a bit cautious, just quickly because obviously we hoped that his Wigan goal would do that and it didn't. So hopefully, this will be the one that does trigger a renewed run of confidence. And we'll, we'll see I, us,
4: I I'm more positive purely because of the number of games we have got coming up in quick succession, um, mm. and um, yeah, because you know. I, I to be honest with you i i thought there was a chance that he should have scored maybe on um you know a header from Carnes um, cross maybe on reflection it was a bit harder than 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 it looked on the first viewing um but then um he got in behind um again and like didn't get didn't quite get to the ball you know the goalkeeper got to the ball before him and, that, and i just thought it was going to be one of those... Another one of those days, which would be frustrating, because we know that he has the ability to score goals. Like he's not a bad striker. We know that. Um So mm. hope, hopefully, now, yeah, he can just kind of kick on, and hopefully he can kick on now and really, you know, start, um, start, start firing. Like I said earlier, because we got these games coming up in quick succession, and honestly, I've been, to, I've been too worried for the longest time, really. Well, not the longest time, but that Jeff Cott is the only one scoring and then if he doesn't you know and he, and he's and he's um firing at a sort of a better rate than we would expect him to.
2: Yeah, um, right.
4: Yeah. So if that was to dry up then obviously and we'd be in a bit of trouble. So hopefully like uh, another can join in as well. Um now like Hardy.
2: You know what I like? I like that we we're talking about sort of going back to basics and trusting your best team. Hardy and Jeff cott's partnership looked good. Hardy and Jeff got worked well. Agreed. Hardy ran a lot. Jeff Kott got going to central positions yeah. um, for the most part. It just it worked at stretching the defence. It was a good plan and hell, it nearly worked. Like I say, Jeff got probably should open the scoring. Yeah, I think. And Hardy got through late on, but I think he made the right decision not to pass because Jeff got offside. He should have just taken a touch and shot rather than too many touches.
4: I think Hardy um, isn't. Yeah, think... Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, I think. Even if Hardy isn't scoring, I think he should still start because what well, um, he's the one that actually probably creates the most, uh, and, and and also um, has a best understanding with our probably best striker.
2: I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, so, so you can look at Hardy. So I think I said this to you uh, last week or something, Sam. But that I would start Hardy because I to, he's more creative. It's not to say that he was creating yeah. you know his recording assists, but that he was helping progress play forward. He created a couple of chances for Jeff Cott, including his one on one against Bristol Rovers too. Um but in particular he's you can look at him and Nubly as contrasting styles of of um link up striking play. So Nuble will sort of hold his, you know, he'll get a ball into chest, he'll hold it and he'll lay it off. Whereas Hardy will receive that further up the pitch and carry it uh, forward, so it's a different style, yeah. and I think that latter style suits Jeff Gunn and suits us on the counter. So I while they both are think, in a hold up way, um, it's you know Newblay's style is is not working as well for us.
3: No, I agree, and I think Newblay's role that he was used in on Saturday was actually his best role, which is uh, to come out and see how a win, Just come out and um, and slow the game up and and see how a lead which is kind of a glorified version of what Ryan Taylor was last season, c- come out and, and, and see a lead out. Because I think whilst he does have some admirable qualities about him, he's not really the striker for for a Ryan Lowe system, ideally. Because what you want is if you want sort of quick... quick. There. There.
2: What's that? If, if he finished his chance, he, he would be if he finished his chance. Uh, it's not like he hasn't had it. It's not like he's not getting into, He's He's evolved from the start of the season where at the start of the season he wasn't really getting any shots in. Whereas now he's getting shot and in good chances and just not not converting, you know. If you can think I,
3: Yeah, no, to to an extent, yes, but I still think his differing style of link up play isn't so suited to a loading. I think Hardy and Jeff to really sort of stretch the pre uh, st- stretch the play, I should say, and sort of cause chaos. It's is it, it, what we really need. And I think definitely it's a starting combination. They're the best two. Um we've seen we've mentioned most of the team. I've just um I suppose quickly to touch on Mike Cooper again, another another good game in goal. He had that one save that he made well. Didn't have to do a lot, but again what he did, he did with he did with greater plom. He um distribution was very good as, as it most often always is. And um again some very good uh classic Mike Cooper time wasting at one the up which we always enjoy always enjoy seeing when we win.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, in particular, sorry, if had nothing to say for Cooper. I mean, I don't think it was, a saves. It was the saves. Uh, it was coming out and claiming the ball a couple of times. He was out quickly at strikers' feet to win the ball, and that in itself was important. It was nice. You know, it's doing simple things well. His 90% of, you know, being a good footballer is consistently doing simple things well.
4: So I was just going to um, talk about, um, obviously, we're approaching that time of the year, and I'm not sure if we'll have a, a podcast before. and... um. Or at least one about football really that, that um the, about the gen, um before the general transfer in that's my words um but i was just going to say um who do you think is best positioned to leave and what do you think we should invest in because okay we won it the weekend and i know he said that previously we weren't looking at anybody really but if any obviously anything popped up but then after some poor results, Lowe's said about maybe bringing one, two or even three in. So,
2: I don't believe that's correct. I think what he said was, that, I think that was the headline that was misleading. What he actually said was, we need to get rid of players before we can buy, which is a reflection of the reality of the wage cap, yeah. which is to say that once you've filled out the amount of wage you're allowed, you obviously have to sell players yeah. before you have remaining wage to actually bring players in. So just to confirm that. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's
4: yeah,
3: Yeah, um, Just to put a real spanner in the works related to the transfer window, because obviously it will relate to what choices we choose to make if this scenario does happen. But is there a chance that with with what's been happening in the world lately, the season could be suspended again? Because League One has had, I think, five clubs with COVID outbreaks. The Championship have had a couple. Newcastle have been in the Premier League. There's been some in League Two as well. With this new variant of the virus that's going around, could, could we be worrying about maybe the season being... Uh, suspended again for for a few weeks or, or even longer god forbid i
4: i i, I
2: can't see that to, personally no i don't either um I, I think you have to question why you would stop it would you the last time the main reason they stopped it was because they couldn't afford covid testing which was required uh that's no longer the case you can just you know you don't even have to run tests now which is why there are so many outbreaks whereas before you had to have a test for every week or so um so that was why it stopped before, as far as I remember, is purely financial. Now you might stop it because of the integrity of the competition, because you know, you might have for example, we played on when we had our COVID outbreaks and COVID related stuff. Mm. Um actually have we been disadvantaged by playing with a weaker side, whereas others have, you know, postponed. Well we actually had our good run during that time, didn't we, funnily enough? Um so yeah, I I think you have to question why they would stop it, and I'm not sure would they stop it for the integrity of the game or unless the uh, you know, laws are changed to say that you have to have X amount of tests every week and it becomes financially
3: unsustainable. Well, or, 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 or it could just be government mandated, mandated to slow the spread with, with, with this. Oh, yeah. hopefully not.
4: The thing that I can just see happening is people just having it being compulsory like it was in the first couple of months to have tests again.
3: And then if clubs can't afford that, then that's when the proverbial hits the fan, isn't it, I guess? Which well, I wouldn't rule out that it could happen. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule out that I don't think it will necessarily happen, no. but I think it's a possibility that when we're talking about transfer windows and who's coming in and who's coming out, I think it's a possibility that is. No, no, no. You're,
4: I mean, I mean, you are right. I mean, it, anything. Who knows what's going to happen in this COVID period? You know, we didn't even know before March. You know what what this was. Us really. I mean, obviously we did. We just didn't really think about it. So. And then we were forced to think about it because we went into lockdown. So things can develop quickly, but at the moment, I I don't really see that there's much danger of that happening, in my personal opinion.
3: Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And if we do have a January, let's just assume that the season does continue as normal, and we do have a semblance of a of a January transfer window that is, that is, you know trying to get players out. I think Abraham, uh, Timmy Abraham, has already confirmed on his Instagram that he's not going to be um, remaining at Argyle, which I think we kind of all expected based on his lack of game time. I think there is probably every chance Apoku could go back as well, um, just to clear room for one more to come in, really. And in terms of who of the permanent contracted players we would be looking to move on, naturally it would be only if we could either come to a settlement to pay off their contracts or indeed if another club came in for them, which is which is probably in both cases a lot easier said than done. I think you'd probably have to look at maybe Telford and Wootton, if anyone, who I think have both had kind of a lot of chances, and neither of which have really grabbed them with both arms. So it would be those two, I think, but it's, yeah. it's because we, we, you know it's not as easy as just right, tear up the contract, and off you go. We, we've, we've, they're ultimately tied into that contract with us, and
2: we can only release. I mean, that to contract go, with their agreement. To be honest, it's worth noting. Sorry, I was going to say on the financial side of things, um, probably different than COVID, but given that, so the club is now, and Simon, I was confirming, is going to save money because of the weight, because of the salary cap. They would have spent more had it not been for the salary cap, which means that we have excess money money that could be used to buy our contract so we can free up space in our wage cap.
0: Whether not that applies
2: during COVID uncertain. Uh, depends on the finances of the club. But what it does mean is that in the future we can use that savings to buy someone's contract. Not we can get around the here. wage
0: cap
3: in that way, yeah. We can get around the wage cap by like
2: paying. Pay. That's you know, that's just a fair use for it. We've disposed of a player, we've just had to pay to dispose of them rather than agreeing a deal with someone.
3: Yeah, no, that yeah, absolutely. And I think there's something, you know, if we do have the money in the bank, that's maybe something we could do with with possibly those players, but who knows? Then you yeah.
2: have to have like, identified yeah. there. There's no point wasting money on that before you you know, to bring in a player of equal skill or whatever. Well, um, but but we need to we need we need to move on now, and so we're just gonna look ahead to Charlton. Um it's Charlton this weekend, right? Boxing Day, yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, boxing day, away to Charlton. Score predictions. Sid.
4: Um you know what, I'm gonna be positive because I think I just really hope we get off the board somehow in some way in an away game. And actually, our only away win of any sorts was against, okay, a bit of a weak in Charlton side. But we also, I think, if I remember correctly, made some changes too. So, um, our, and that was our best away performance of the season and we won. So, I'm just going to go for um, a 2-1 win and and hope that we get the three points.
3: It would be fantastic if, if by Boxing Day we'd won two games in all competitions and both of them were against Charlton, wouldn't it? But, um, no, I, I think we will lose, but I think it will be a much better performance and it will be a fighting loss against a good team. I'm going to go 2-1 loss.
2: Yeah, worth noting that I think the Charlton's time we played in the FA Cup was yeah. heavily rotated. So often it's not, it's not that they didn't have high-quality players on the pitch. although I know they had some of their best players rested, but it's also you know the way they work together as a team. It's why you often see Premier League teams kicked out by a lower league team because they, the lower league team's got their best team out and they're very cohesive. And the Premier League team's just got a scattering of players who all have more skill but yeah. don't work well together as a team.
4: I think, um, you know, they, they've been through a tough time recently with ownership and whatever, but they still harbour some really
2: good players. Yeah, and very good manager. So I think I'll be looking at... Um, I think I'll go for a 1-1 draw, actually. I think... Bit of confidence, play the right way. But I think they're going to have enough skill to unlock us. So I'd be erring more towards a Charlton win. But yeah, that's uh, that's us. Uh, that's been green and white. I'm just going to do that. Sorry, I'm just going to do the goodbye again. it has been green and white. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Thank
3: you. Goodbye. Merry Christmas as well, everybody listening.